This time, Unknown Not the Mind Probe, episode number 89, Kings and Things. <laughs> Welcome to No, not the Mind Probe. Ah, swashbuckling. That was swashbuckling. That was a swashbuckling introduction. Uh, I don't know what a buckle, what a swashbuckle is, to be honest. I don't know. But whatever it is, I just did it, and I think consensus is nailed it. (laughs) Wow, so the consensus is already in? It's already in. Do you pay for one of those services where they they take in like they look through the trades the next day, they look through all the publications and kind of gauge? Yeah, do you, do you not have a focus group in the other room of your place that's got the dials? Oh, the I dials went up. Yeah, the dials went way up. <laughs> Independence <laughs> loved it. Yeah, we folks, we 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 invest a lot to make sure that you five people who listen to this podcast are happy. <laughs> Right. And this is a podcast. There it is. Uh, a podcast where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. My name is John Grant, uh, and I have been watching Doctor Who and been a fan, actually, the whole time, too, for uh, 38 amazing years. And my name is Porter Mason, and John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 26 years, about three years ago. We're, com- we're, we're actually right in the anniversary. Yeah, we're on the right cusp now. of the anniversary. So it's yeah. three years. Well, yeah. I think when this goes out, it'll be... Oh. Because yeah. it was around your birthday. Yeah, it was. Yeah, people I, well, you know, people will be out in the streets celebrating the yeah. pro-proversaries. Yeah. Well, and that people, means... Because yeah. I, I think we have about two years left before we get to <laughs> where we face the hard decision. Yeah. We're going to get to... The streams will cross over. Mm-hmm. We'll have exhausted all classic hope. Yeah. Not really, because we it's could never going to go away. <laughs> go into uh, what do you call it? A uh, big finish and stuff like that. Oh yeah, There's but like we'll have 100. to decide. Does the podcast shift? And I'm preparing people now because two years is going <laughs> to hurdle toward us <laughs> in no time. Um, and we're going to have to decide like how does the podcast continue? Because there will still be new Doctor Who, God willing. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, so we need to keep up with that. But David then also Tennant keep willing. Occupied. <laughs> and then occupy Assuming ourselves. Otherwise. David Tennant is still around. There will still be Doctor Who. Uh, well, you know, here's what happened. I said, yes, I'll watch some Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Huge mistake. I mean, in a way, like I didn't know what I was committing myself yeah, I don't to. I think you really saw thought through it all. Yeah. Because then what John said is, okay, asshat, uh, <laughs> each episode of the podcast, we're going to watch not one Doctor Who story, but two. And we're going to watch the whole story, not just like an episode. We're going to watch a new Doctor Who story. Uh, we're watching through those in order. We just started the uh, Peter Capaldi years. And then John acts as a sommelier and pairs that new Who episode with a classic Doctor Who story. John, what are we watching this episode? Well, I think relevant to this to this uh, story is too is that I did not mention when we started this that many of those Doctor Who episodes would not exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they would have to be no. listened to, <laughs> that, and that I would have to shell out money because BitTorrent just doesn't work as well as it used to. Uh, no. So you no. know, so now you own some exciting Doctor do. Who episodes, and those. And now, John, my understanding is those historically just always go up in value uh, right the digital <laughs> yes. files i'm getting yes. mm-hmm. will will accumulate over time in fact there's some reports that we have of some people in different states where they've bought 10 20 different doctor who recordings they have now retired on those recordings isn't yep. that right john that's right the franklin mint guarantees <laughs> franklin mint. oh my go gosh i get <laughs> i get those kind of i i live with my We're wife's that parents who are oh. you know retired so they're that age that direct mail starts streaming in of all those kind of scams. And they get so many things like that. They're like, you can buy this rare coin that says collectible on it. So it's got to be worth something. It must be. I don't. Yeah, I don't know when, if at all, coin like that was ever a thing where it's like, oh, a, a coin that someone just made up and sold directly right. to me is now collectible. Right, right. Well, anything that says <laughs> it's, it's for co- sale, that the marketing says this is collectible mm. means it is worthless. Like, yeah, if it's yeah. telling you it's collectible, <clears throat> that means the only p- people savvy enough to get it are ones who saw the advertisement. And anyway, yeah. Uh, so anyway. wait, so this, so both stories today have a lot to do with coins, and I think that's no, uh, no. Oh. But um, you know what? Uh, uh, I have, I do own a, a copy of every single Doctor Who story. Sure. So I, I have collected, and I have, I have all the Target books, and I have significant. I have I'm not into the figures. The figures maybe a bridge too far. But do you buy the new Who on on Blu-ray and DVD? I do, I do. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I watch as it goes out, uh, obviously, and then uh, and then I get the uh, get the Blu-rays when. 
they come out. Do you buy it digitally as well? Uh, well, it depends. So, um, uh, no, gather around, probers. And this is always a fascinating story. So, uh, for a while, um, I was able to VPN into uh, um, uh, our London, my company's London server. Sorry, company. Uh, and and watch the BBC. So for a oh. while, I was able to, and you know, you have to, I, I will confess here, you do have to say that you are living in the UK uh, and that you pay a license fee to the BBC to lie about that. You, you've given some money to the British. <laughs> well, the that's the that's thing. It. I've bought Time in the Ronnie four times <laughs> in various formats. God. I feel like I've given back and I'm going to keep buying their stuff. So, uh, but so now. There was that great of of course of no nothing my probe john gives back where we just see, <laughs> see john go throughout britain and the way john gives back is he buys those episodes he also goes throughout the land and and uh starts to spread the good word of who oh, and, yeah and right. goes door to door sandals who, in a robe because <laughs> you're tall and white and pale and wear like nice clothes but then and they so they almost slam the door and then you're like no 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 i am yeah. here to talk about a modern undead. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here to talk about. Do you have a few moments to hear about modern undead? It's always <laughs> always. I mean, who says no to that? Uh, all right. Well, no. Now, do you have a few moments to hear about Robot of Sherwood, which is our uh, next uh, Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman uh, episode? A a comedy romp from, of course, Mark Gatiss <clears throat> coming at you. And then we paired that with, so Robert of Sherwood, obviously the, the story of Robin Hood, which takes place during the reign of King John. Uh, and why is King John on the British throne? Because King Richard the Lionheart is off over and fighting in Israel. Huh? So, right. so uh, let's check out what he's up to uh, in the Crusades. With we got William Hartnell as the first doctor. We got Barbara. Uh, we got Ian, and we got Vicky, uh, and of course King Richard and Joanna. Uh, yeah, that's the Crusade. All right, so let's recap these hmm. fine episodes. Mm-hmm. The robot of robot of Sherwood is mm-hmm. the third episode of season eight of the New Who. As we mentioned, we got the Twelve Doctor, we got Clara, and we have a whole cast of allegedly real uh, Robin Hood characters. Yeah. We'll Mary talk Manny. more about that, and and that's it. And so we're again, we're still kind of beginning the Peter Capaldi era. Still feeling him out. Yep. <clears throat> and and and. Clara and the doctor, I think, are still kind of feeling out how they're going to interact. We are definitely continuing the trend of he's certainly pricklier, right, mm-hmm. Than, mm-hmm. Than, than Matt Smith. And he is, I think, one of the ways in which they really do make it so clear that he and Clara, and he is not attracted to Clara, is that he, <laughs> this is done in other movies, too, about alien races, like, he clearly kind of sees Clara as this weird kind of gross alien thing where he keeps talking about her as like your face is very wide. And yes. when she shows up and saying like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, it's OK. You just woke up. You don't have makeup. She's like, I do have makeup. <laughs> on. I really enjoy that. But this is a similar episode as to many of the other new who stories when when kind of yeah. more when we get a new companion. You're so where the doctor sort of says historical right and the the history is usually kicked off by the doctor asking the companion where do you want to go like mm-hmm. where, where, where do you want to do so this is the new doctor doing that but mm-hmm. did clara have this with matt smith did she ever have a where do you want to go uh let's oh, see she remember. did uh we did the one where they went to the wait yeah the one where they went to uh the planet with the singing girl uh the rings of akatan Mm, and then yeah. it was a historic one that after? was kind of like that one yeah that was kind okay. of it forgetting what happened after where that, she just I said know. i want to see something amazing yeah yeah yes and then yeah so basically basically this is the doctor returning to that moment so like no no but be specific yeah, let's do this right <laughs> okay this is story number 244 it aired in september 6 2014 and john has prepared a little clip that's what i do splendid in chains yep oh, trust up like turkey cocks thanks to your friend. Shut it, Hoodie. I saved your life. I had the situation well in hand. Long-haired ninny versus robot killer knights. Never I'd put my money. If you had not betrayed me, I would have been triumphant. You would have been a little puff of smoke and ashes. Ah! You'd have been floating around in tiny little laughing bits in people's goblets. Balderdash. Ha! Oh, right, here we go. It's laughing time. Well... <laughs> You amuse me, grey old man. God! <laughs> He's laughing again! Oh, you can't keep me locked up with a laughing person! Oh, no, I, find, I find that quite funny. Do, do you know, I feel another laugh coming on. Ah-ha-ha-ha! Ha, ha. Guys, I cannot <laughs> remain in this cell! <laughs> and 
execute me now. You're going to execute the old fool. No, 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 hang on. Execute him. I do not fear death. So execute away. Execute him. I'd like to see if his head keeps laughing when you chop it out. Oh, Robin Hood always <laughs>, laughs in the face of death. Yes, rolling around the floor laughing. I would pay good money to see that. God! 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 That was a great scene. Banter. Banter. W- wonderful scene. <clears throat> and I think what's helpful as we get to know this doctor more is you just i don't know it's always interesting with each doctor to see like what things are sort of the same and what things are different and this sort of egotism about him still continues like there Mm -hmm. is undercurrent of totally different guy and again much more prickly and stuff like that but this has come up before with some of the other actors we get this little ego thing was like you're not so great you know (laughs) he's always has this over anyone that the that the companions see clearly look up to or right, a hero, yeah. he's very quick to be like wait but not higher than me right and uh, this guy's nothing like you know yeah. I'm, I'm way more important so uh i definitely had some holes in understanding about this so i'll tell you what i was reason for that and yeah. can kind of explain if i miss something well you know what might be confusing is this is written by mark gatiss and uh, at this point he was yes. actually a heterosexual with three kids he went through a weird phase in the no no just yeah. kidding folks mark gatiss still very gay oh, okay. uh, when he did this and that may confuse that may have confused you because as a as a heterosexual man perhaps you don't understand right all that he is doing right so i'm going to tell you what i saw and then you can tell me what the secret gay Wait, language uh <laughs> revealed here yeah, so okay, the twelfth. Uh, so he asked Clara, "Where do you want to go?" And she says, "I want to see Robin Hood." And he's—I mm-hmm. don't know if he says this beforehand, but he basically says, "Like, well, that—that's not real, but uh, sure, we can go to that era, you know." And they arrive there, and he's surprised to see, and Clara's overjoyed to say, "Like, oh, there's Robin of Loxley. He shoots arrows really well. Has a band of." As the doctor repeatedly says, laughing too much, merry men. Merry, merry men. They're all there. Friar Tuck. Everyone you know from the Robin Hood stories is there. From the Disney movie, yeah. From the Disney movie. <laughs> I mean, he's not a bear, but uh, no, sorry. It wasn't wasn't yeah, little John the, a giant well, he, bear? You Robin know, Hood's a fox. Little John's a bear. Friar Tuck is a badger. That was that was in. I thought that was inaccurate. I feel like they should have gone with the traditional Robin Hood story where they're all fudgy animals. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> yes, and by the way, if we do want to do a podcast about Disney's Robin Hood, that was my favorite Disney movie. Ooh. So I'm gonna have to talk about that mm-hmm. ad nauseum, including the adorable little baby bunny who carries around a stuffed animal and says the cutest things. Mm-hmm. Plus, that's the era of Disney where a lot of the animations are all just reused animations from pre. It was my favorite Disney movie, so I love it. Mm-hmm. But the animation is all from like the Jungle Book and other like good Disney movies. They just reuse the animation but change the characters from like. Oh, really? Oh, that's fascinating. No, that's yeah, fascinating. yeah. Like, so there's things of like Mowgli, and it's just they put a fox head on him, <laughs> and then he's like Robin Hood. Um, so it's pretty funny. I mean, smart. Smart. And kids, they kids have dumb. Yeah. This is the move that is the Disney movie that has a lot more of a Hanna Barbera feel to it. Where mm. you know in Hanna Barbera uh, shows where and movies where all of a sudden they'd be like, We're on a chase, and then things are just running around. Yeah. The reason by that is it's like you just have to do a run cycle animation. It's like 10 frames, and then you just go over and over and over again. You don't have to animate anything new. So there's mm. lots of parts of Robin Hood where people are just chasing each other across the screen <laughs> for minutes on end. But I love the songs in Robin Hood. But yeah, listen, yeah. this wasn't this. Disappointingly, this was <laughs> yeah, not that Robin not, Hood. None of that happened here. So <laughs> they land there. They're actually do, they do seem to be Robin Hood. And the doctor mm-hmm. is just immediately credulous and saying like, well, something's up here. This is not real, which has there's a bunch of funny moments at the beginning where he's sort of going around being like, aha, trying to like right. pull the 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 cur- curtain back and show that these are really holograms or these are really yep. Know, whatever it is and can't one, seem to... he samples the guy's blood and he's like he would really be dead in six months all the diseases in him. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, like, yeah. wait what <laughs> he pulls the guy's shoe off i think friar tuck's shoe <laughs> so they're not and clara is quite taken by robin hood who wouldn't be he's very charming maybe he's got a carrie elwes from princess bride look going to him yes, i felt yes. like yeah very very early on though we hear like how he's still attached to the dead girl you know, Meg Marion was there. Yeah, or he Marian. thinks he's dead. She's yeah, dead, she's I guess. dead or missing or something. Missing. Yeah. So, but it, but it's the same deal. The Sheriff of Nottingham is here and going around and gathering uh, riches from people, but notably only gold. We find out that. And that is something that sort of uh, perks the doctor's ears up. Well, anyway, they do get caught. We see that have the scene that we just had where they're both sort of arguing about who can be the hero. And ultimately, 
we find out that uh and he does uh oh oh and just like the robin hood tale he uh shows up by there's a archery contest which is how the sheriff is trying to suss out robin hood in the story and tom the the doctor shows up and ruins it with a rainbow colored arrow very oh doctor who arrow i I didn't even notice the arrows rainbow yeah the arrows uh feathers were the colors of like the doctor who scarf essentially like that's yeah so easter eggs easter Easter eggs eggs. so so right so anyway they get put in jail and we find out and this is this is where i'm fuzzy on so ultimately Mm. he sees like one of the knights is a robot yeah to me i thought oh this is cyberman um i thought this was like a new design of a cyberman or something Mm. like that no no But no, but it is a robot. And then ultimately we find out that the sheriff and Clara gets some of this out of the sheriff too. the sheriff came upon a spaceship that I guess just crashed there that had Mm -hmm. these robots on it. Mm -hmm. And their gold is what will help power the spaceships. By the way, really funny scene is when he's they do the thing they're they're self-aware about it right it is funny they're saying like oh i'm gonna go get captured that's how they you get them to tell you their your plans you get captured and then they tell you everything mm-hmm. like a bond villain type <clears throat> thing and he, so he's doing that with clara he's telling her everything and I, I i love that he says it's like first nottingham and then lester or whatever he says some <laughs> other small british like county or town right next to them and i thought that was a really really funny scene that like the 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 limits of his ambition extend to his known world, which is yeah. just, you know, right here in this part of England. So anyway, we find out that they need the gold to power the spaceship. That's why they're only collecting gold. And basically they come in and, and show up. And this is the part I didn't get. Mm-hmm. The doctor finally figures out that Robin Hood and the Merry Men are there. I thought he figured this out, but I didn't understand this. Are there as a means of giving the pop? He's just using the populace to get gold and find where the robots are. I don't know who's doing this exactly, mm. but th- this story is is like these characters are there to give the myth and hope because that's how you keep like a populace, right? You know, but but does that mean so? Are they real? I, I'm confused by it. Like, are they robots? Like, are they what are they? No, well, I mean, I, I think part of what they're trying to play with this is the idea of myths and legends and are they real or not? And it is a bit muddled. Uh, and I'm not sure. I mean, I think they're supposed to be real people or they're supposed to be flesh and blood people. But so part of the problem is when this story was about to be broadcast, the ending was going to be the sheriff of Nottingham getting beheaded by Robin Hood and the sheriff was going to turn out to be a robot. Okay. But shortly before that, ISIS beheaded a couple people. It was oh, around God. that time. Uh, and so... Uh, obviously, ISIS trying to uh, disrupt Doctor Who's broadcast. Yeah, is, that was their main typical. Yeah, to establish yeah, a was... caliphate and then <laughs> disrupt new disrupt Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yeah. So they decided it would have been insensitive, probably to 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 show that. Uh, so they re-edited it, and you've got the sheriff sort of falling down into the thing or whatever. But, uh, so then you don't turn out that the sheriff's a robot, which then I think muddles a little bit about all right, then who's in charge of this whole situation? I think they tried to make it be like he's being manipulated, but or maybe the sheriff was created. It's confusing. well, I sort of bought the sheriff being manipulated. Yeah, but it I just worked. never understood. So, are the Robin Hood characters real or not? I like, think so. I, I think they are. So, is this meant to be like this is the origin of this story? Well, okay, wait. But what was the doctor saying in which he was saying like, <laughs> yeah, you're basically allowed to exist and have some success in order to mollify it, like to keep this is how you keep the public, you keep them yeah. entertained. I thought he was saying that is like, this is the truth. Or was that just more like his theory or maybe a theory? Because I think it was sort of like at the end, right? The doctor and Robin Hood have the conversation about myths. You know, who's a who's a myth? They have the conversation. I mean, look, the yeah. doctor and Robin Hood sit down <laughs> and they you talk with them. You're a myth. I mean, you when you told you're one of your daughters is mythical, right? And you had to sit down and explain and that's a hard that's a hard moment for it's any hard family. yeah a lot you know a lot of families avoid it and i'm glad you didn't like they was the time it's like mommy and daddy read a lot of fantasy and science fiction books mm-hmm. and uh you're not we, real look we birthed you and conceived you in the same way we conceived the real daughter mm. and believe me it took a lot of long nights <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I thought it was interesting, and and it's funny um, because it it and I feel like this has happened a couple times, specifically with um, this showrunner uh, with Stephen Moffat. That there's some things in there. It's like, 
eh, it's not really tied up. Like, who who can say? It's like, oh, well, you, I guess. But, <laughs> but like, I, that just left a, a little confusing to me. I mean, it's fine. Like, you just move on to the next story. But I was just like, and then, so the robots, well, anyway, so they Fly defeat away. the sheriff of Nottingham. And what they, they want, I guess, the robots to escape so it'll explode. So they, it's this a nice little piece of the story is like, hey, they need one more bit of gold. Let's shoot the golden arrow that you won at the <laughs> contest to give them that last bit of gold to get out of the atmosphere and then explode. But how, like... I, it, again, it doesn't matter, but what? <laughs> whose spaceship was it? And did they die? Or, or is it just the robots themselves had a spaceship? And that's what was confusing. Yeah, the robots had a spaceship and it was going to... Oh, you know what? Okay. All right. Sorry. So maybe... Well, yeah, I don't know who creates who. Yes. So they're on the... They go on the spaceship uh, and the robots have some knowledge of Robin Hood because they, uh, they look at pictures of the Robin Hood myth, like the computer on the spaceship. Remember, there's a scene where they go through and they're looking at... Yeah. Different depictions of Robin Hood, which includes, by the way, uh, a classic Doctor Who joke, because um, before Doctor Who, Patrick Troughton played Robin Hood in a TV show. So one oh. of the pictures is Patrick Troughton oh, that's uh, as Robin Hood. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So maybe it's something like, oh, they they maybe the idea is like, hey, if we if the sheriff was a robot. And so maybe now it's like, OK, well, we'll just build him up as as a, as a bad guy. Uh, then this will automatically spawn the legend of Robin Hood, like maybe they create the sheriff and then someone will automatically sort of step up into that as like the opposition to that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Robots, so anyway. also, robots are also going to the promised land, which is a big right. Their destination is, quote, the promised land, uh, which is the bit of the running theme. Although I want to come back to this later in the later in the season, because uh, I'm not sure it all hangs together. But um, right. So they remember that the. Uh, the, the the half uh, the clockwork robots in deep breath were also trying to get to the promised land right they're talking about the destination being the promised land all right so there's a promised oh, land yeah. arc going through here as well but yeah it's a bit of a muddle it's a bit of a muddle well, why don't we move on to our oh my gosh no things. i haven't had my chance to um just a I'm couple so quick things um uh this is the doctor's character is a bit all over the place here he's a bit Particularly, the it's like maybe and maybe it's a deliberate character beat. Maybe it's a bit of a misstep. Is sort of uh, remember he like, tells Clara, "Hey, I'm not your boyfriend." Um, but then seems to spend this entire episode trying to like upset that she's impressed by Robin Hood, <laughs> like trying to sort of compete. I mean, maybe I mean, not. again, I, he to me, I felt like. <clears throat> It was okay, and, and and I didn't get a like a romantic sense there. It was more of he just feels more avuncular and like yeah, a dad. I'm your like, hero, not it's, not it's, this guy. Yeah. So if but it just feels more like oh, I'm better than this. You know, I don't know. But, yeah, and then um, you're right. Uh, we've got uh, um, some great dialogue in here. The banter, the stuff that we uh, a lot of back and forth. Mark Gatiss having fun with the wittiness. Um, the sheriff is played by Ben Miller, who I was actually just watching before we did this podcast. Uh, he is famous for uh, Death in Paradise. He plays a detective in the early seasons of Death in Paradise um, and has, uh, is a pretty well-known uh, British actor. And uh, the only thing is, uh, yeah, only other note is Clara. There was a lot. There's some people who said they didn't like the depiction of Clara here because they were like, oh, she's got a schoolgirl crush on Robin Hood or whatever. It didn't really bother me because like, well, yeah, she probably yeah. fell in love with Robin Hood as a schoolgirl and she's got a schoolgirl. Like it is a schoolgirl <laughs> yeah. crush. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, what are you, what are you expecting? Maybe I actually like that this... because you've rarely seen that from her. For example, <laughs> We saw her get offered to become Empress of the Universe, and she's yeah. like, nah, no thanks. Pass. And so I like to see, well, for Clara Oswald, who is the person in her? Because we all have that. You're yeah. right. Usually traced back to someone we did genuinely have a crush on when we were really young. And so it was, I thought it was fun to see her in this fawning way because it wasn't it. It stood out to me as different than she usually acts. Yeah. When I went to the Doctor Who 50th anniversary convention and I met Janet Fielding, who played Tegan, I was like, <laughs> I don't really know what to say. I was like, I, I was like, I've met the vice president, but I don't know what to say to this woman who's been in one TV show. Um, so yeah, I think you know people have that. Um, but yes, uh, um, a witty little, a light and fluffy witty little letter. Okay, now you can go. <clears throat> So why don't we move on to the classic <laughs> episode? This is the Crusade, and as we discussed, this has some missing pieces to it. Yeah, I believe the second and third are missing. Yeah, I uh, know. Uh, 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 second and fourth. Second and fourth. Yeah, it's uh, from season. But you two. said nope. I'm not watching any of it. I'm not, I'm uh, yeah, well, we'll talk thing. about that. Yeah. So it's season two. It's story number six. It comes right after the Web Planet. 
which mm. we watched a few uh, weeks back. Real barn burner. This is uh, and, f- and interesting how similar they both are. Like I mean, very similar, very similar. <laughs> she mentions uh, that when she goes through the litany of where she's been, she's like, "Well, there were a bunch of insects, and then we yeah. went here insect and, planet." And, yeah, okay. First doctor, William Hartnell, mm-hmm. checking in. <laughs> we have, and this is still the well not the original but it's ian and barbara but and then and vicky Um, now yeah Mm -hmm. so great this is the only the 14th story ever it's four parts and then for those of you watching along with us if you're gonna go watch now uh here's the thing you gotta know it's uh, the videos may be available it was not easy for me to get to the videos they're they're not in britbox and the individual one and three, I guess, that were available were not easy for me to mm. get through legal or fuzzy means one or mm-hmm. the both of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you can get a couple different things audio wise. There's a novelization of this story, which is available which is good, as yeah. an audiobook. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the audio narration of this. So it's the audio. They do have the full audio from all four mm-hmm. stories. Mm-hmm. And then they add in. Uh, narration. I believe the writer or one of the actors actually does. Uh, I think maybe Ian. Maybe yeah, it might be Ian. And essentially, uh, what they do is it may be more than this, or it may literally just be this. But they're reading. What it sounds like is they're reading the stage directions. So it's, it's, it's a. Um, it's actually really interesting. They they have to get a writer to come in. So they they get they basically try to get as many pictures from the production as they can. Uh, and often those telesnaps, which we've seen uh, those sort of reconstructions using those. They get the original scripts. They get camera scripts, they get behind the scenes stuff, and then they try to piece together, okay, what did this look like? And then the challenging part is they need to, they have to fit those descriptions in the silences. Like if there's dialogue, you can't obviously be talking over the dialogue. So they, whatever it is, they then have to, they have to go through and like write out the whole, they take the whole like audio and say, all right, there's a five second gap here. Okay. We can describe like Ian looks up. (laughs) <laughs> or something here like Ian looks down the long dark corridor with trepidation. Like I mean, so they yeah. have to sort of write in uh, as best they can to sort of fill in those gaps. It's, it must be a pretty interesting project. It, it almost seemed to me like they they extended them sometimes. They might because the timings of the different episodes weren't quite you know twenty five <clears throat> minutes. Although maybe there's just variability in the BBC in that sense. They Is that might, different uh, from American TV? I don't know. Yeah, I mean they, they can be a little bit more flexible, um, but yeah, they might. I mean, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. Occasionally, when doing the clips. I might just clip out a few seconds that are silent because I we gotta move on. This show is this show is is directed <laughs> within an inch of its life. I don't have time for silence. All right, why don't we play a clip yeah. of the crusade with John? I speak with my brother. Oh. What's this I hear? I can't believe it's true. Marriage to that heathenish man, that infidel. We will give you reasons for it. This unconsulted partner has no wish to marry. I am no sack of flour to be given in exchange. It is expedient. The decision has been made. Not by me and never would Joanna, please consider. The war is full of weary, wounded men. This marriage wants a little thought by you, that's all. Then you'll see the right of it. And how would you have me go to Saffordin? Bathed in oriental perfume, I suppose. Suppliant, tender and affectionate. Soft-eyed and trembling. Eager with a thousand words of compliment and love. Well, I like a different way to meet the man I am to wed. Well, if it's a meeting you want. I do not want. I will not have it. Joanna. Get out. Get out. Joanna. I beg you to accept. No! I entreat you, Joanna. No! Very well! I am the king! We command you! You cannot command this of me. No. There is a higher authority than yours to which I answer. I am the king. Where is there any man who has greater power over his subjects? In Rome. His Holiness the Pope will not allow this marriage of mine to that infidel! Yeah, intense. Now you've had a similar exchange with your sister, I believe, at one point. <laughs> yes, and yes. So you you can really relate to the storyline. I feel like <laughs> now that's a great example of an actor, the the princess, really going for it, but not in a scenery chewing way. It was just genuinely yeah. really great scene. Great, it's a really good scene. <laughs> and she's a very she's a very well known actress in the. Oh, is she? Well, good yeah. for her. Some of us know. Some of us well, fully for her. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I'll explain some of this in a way. The plot isn't that important, and I don't, I don't know. Like it uh, to me, this just felt like a really good, a, a really good stage play of of this type of a story. And whereas the plot, it's like it's not as important as it, it's more about getting scenes like this. It's like setting yeah. up some some scenes between these characters. Yeah. 
we have the first doctor ian barbara and vicky and yeah they just get dropped down right in the middle of the crusades right in the middle of a saracen ambush barbara's seized which is barbara as is barbara right once i i love that barbara is instantly kidnapped like barely even gets a line out before someone drags her away (laughs) she sees she spends most of the story with saladin yeah yeah so so she's off there and then we have the the doctor and ian and vicky Mm. um (laughs) so it's after that trying to get barbara back uh but they're kind of in the middle of this conflict (laughs) too and then there so we we just get a lot of like not palace intrigue is the wrong word but it's like a political plot yeah of like, in court they're in court yeah. how are they going to resolve the crusades essentially <laughs> like and and I, what i liked is there was the thing at the end where they make this entreaty to offer up the princess as uh, a way to sort of well let's mend this with marriage and i liked the I liked his reaction to it. The Saladin's, I think it was the Saladin's reaction to it of saying like, let's hear this out, but I'm also going to be ready to attack if this doesn't fall through, if this does fall through rather, because I think if he's making an entreaty like this, this sounds like someone who's tired and wants to end this war. Mm. So maybe we follow through on it, but also maybe this is the perfect time to strike. Um, I thought that was interesting. There was just a lot of scenes like that. And we just heard the, uh, I just mentioned it was the the Lady Joanna who was being offered there. And King Richard's sister. As you heard, mm-hmm. uh, Richard's sister, she was not that, she's just not that then into, into him. <laughs> well, I mean, but supposedly, historically, she may have been. Like, there was actually supposedly just some hint of incest between the two of them. I don't know. Never been oh, between Richard and? Between Richard and Joanna. Oh, yeah. fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that did not come across. No, you way. know, hard to work into a children's. <laughs> <laughs> Ian has a couple fights, you know, like he does. <laughs> mm-hmm. And w- what else? Barbara, evil Elakir, who's quite here. Yeah. Barbara escapes twice. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but you know they keep pulling her back in. <laughs> and uh, what do we? We eventually get out. The Doctor is a non-factor in the story. In a no, lot he's of kind ways. of everybody else is in like a really serious drama, and he's just kind of giggling through it and being like, "Oh no, I'm stuck in court intrigue." Oh, and it's a very weird uh, contrast to, like, he gets a long scene where he steals clothes from sort of a ridiculous vendor at the beginning or whatever, and it's like played for comedy, and then like everybody else is like having scenes like that, and he's like swindling a guy out of his used clothes. It was a weird, oh, right? <laughs> so I don't know how much to talk about, like that. that I don't know. That's the plot. But there's a bunch of these scenes and then there are some really good performances. It strikes me compared to the Robin Hood one we just saw. And I don't know, this just sort of happened to me. So I'm sure you're very like tuned in on this. But it's like these original historical ones, there was no tie into anything else. Mm-hmm. It's just we're here at this point in history. It's just been a while since we saw them. We, we started right off with one of these, uh, the yep. Romans or something. Yeah, Aztecs, but, I think very early on. Yeah, Aztecs and then the, the Romans and... Uh, wasn't there a Pompeii one? Well, that was a newer one. Anyway, in all the new ones, when they go historical, it's historical and then pulled into something doctory or yep. an alien or whatever. Mm-hmm. And these, it's like, no, no, we're just going to hang out here for a while and then move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. It was a, quite a contrast. <clears throat> But yeah, I thought it was it was good. I I love Ian and Barbara. I I Vicky I have no sense of. It was interesting yeah. listening to it by audio only and I thought actually and I could see this and I'm sure you've done this many times. Watch or l- listening to this with the stage directions very well thought out as you just described their process. It was actually a really nice way to listen to it because you're maybe getting some things that wouldn't come across when you were just watching. Because they're, it's like someone who knows the show really well sitting down and be like, Ian looked over there because he's really concerned yeah, about right, this, right. and you're you're getting the subtext, not in a bad way, in a more of a, oh, I, I'm. I'm getting very clearly what they're trying to convey rather than, I don't know, it's an old black and white show and I might be missing some things. And then the production value is as good as they could do it, but not that great. 
So the just hearing it like this is actually a really nice way to hear. It makes me excited to at some point listen to some big finish things because I'm like, oh, this is actually a nice way to listen to these stories. Yeah. You know, I mean, your the production values in your head are always much better. Yeah, it would be right. Terrible if the production values in your head were bad. <laughs> uh, I just can't. That's awful. <laughs> Everyone's on strike in my head right now, and so it's very difficult. Total mess. Yeah, this is. This is uh, by David Whitaker, uh, who's one of the uh, early script editors of Doctor Who, and sort of in the early formative years, and um, obviously is a very good writer, um, as you can tell by some of the dialogue uh, uh, here. Uh, Julian Glover plays King Richard, uh, most famous for playing the bad guy in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, although more famous in Doctor Who circles for being Scaroth in City of Death. Remember the, the Paris one? He was the bad guy there. Yeah. Joanna is Jean Marsh. Who only another like year from this episode comes to Doctor Who as a companion briefly. Uh, she oh. plays Sarah Kingdom in the Daleks Master Plan, which we will be getting to. Uh, and um, uh, she is very famous for having created and starred in Upstairs Downstairs. The uh, wow, the, yeah. So she's a big she's a big shot. This is this was a missing story, or as you can, some of it is missing. So for a long time, we just had episode three. Uh, then at one point about. Oh, 20, 25 years ago now, they found episode one, The Lion, uh, somewhere. So that was a very exciting return of a lost wow. uh, episode. You don't get this on the audio, so you're missing this this part, which is there is a little bit of Arab face, uh, I guess you would call it here. Uh, there are that's some a, white that's actors. a good point, because I didn't get, obviously, like, I didn't see that at all. So you just have it as a story. And it, I don't like, and yeah. I thought they're not the way they're portraying uh you know the the saladin and all that saladin like, and yeah. pretty good they're not doing like they're very smart and capable and it's just these two sides of this battle it's not like they're presented as some mongrels or something you know yeah they're very very sympathetic characters uh and yeah playing them very smart uh i do yes you do love barbara in this she's once again very resourceful i love i love her you know he's like uh, he's like, well, she's you the have history to... teacher, right? That was the yeah, idea. So she knew what was going on, right? So she immediately knew, like, because uh, remember, she has to briefly pose as as uh, Joanna, and you know, she's like, Sir William doesn't. She's like, we don't have red hair. He's like, I know, I'm joking. It's a, it's a, I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm covering the <laughs> king. I'm having a little fun. <laughs> it's it's... Okay. Come on, lady. Uh, and then you do get. I love the moment where she realizes she's like, oh, um, he's like, well, you have to tell your stories to entertain us, and then she's like, what am I gonna tell? And then she's like. Oh, I could do Shakespeare. Like they've never heard of any of this stuff. I could just tell all these <laughs> names, all these stories. Right. Um, that's great. Uh, Hartnell's good in here, but having uh, and is having he's clearly having a good time uh, and is being being very wacky in his scenes. But no, I, this is a this is a solid one. But yes, you're right. Yes, this is the sort of template for classic historical stories. They can't really change anything. Uh, they're supposed to be slightly educational, and uh, yeah, it is, you know they get caught up in history, and the goal is we got to get the heck out of history somehow, <laughs> and that's sort of their their primary. Uh, the primary motivation. They had to be separated from the TARDIS, separated from each other. Ian has to go get Barbara, of course. Uh, and yeah, as I said, I, do, I love the fact that just instantly uh, upon landing, she's just grabbed and dragged off. And it's like, yep, and there <laughs> she goes again. <sighs> well, Robin Hood, a little theme, walking through the forest, <laughs> laughing back and forth to what the other has to say. Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time. Oot lolly, oot lolly, golly, what a theme. Hmm. From Robin Hood, the movie with Kevin Robin Costner, yeah, uh, Kevin Costner and Morgan <laughs> Freeman. We are adherents of the repeating themes here on No Nothing Mind Probe. We like to look at thoughts and ideas that thread themselves through space and time, in Doctor Who, mm. and in culture itself. Mm. Which basically put those hands together: Doctor Who and all culture, like everything. Uh, it's yeah. it two, one and the, the same. Those are basically the two uh, two sides of the same coin. It's a Venn diagram as a circle <laughs> thing. What did you want to cover with the themes tonight? Uh, let's talk about dialogue. Let's just let's have a dialogue. Let's have a dialogue. Have a dialogue about, about dialogue. dialogue. I love uh, um, because I would say that these are two stories that have a very distinctive pattern to them. A very distinctive distinctive style right you've got you've got uh sort of the ro robot of sherwood you've got this quick-witted banter sort of sarcasm and humor and and whatnot going on not entirely through it then you've got uh the crusade which is almost a shakespearean sort of level right i mean it, the 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 way they talk in the crusade is very sort of uh, uh yeah again shakespeare right it, it sounds like a, a shakespearean drama uh there's a cadence and a rhythm and a, and a level to it uh it's just kind of like what is what do we want of our doctor who dialogue uh you know i mean is it, it it obviously the interesting thing about doctor who is it doesn't have a distinctive voice uh that sort of goes through all of it 
you know, compare it to the West Wing, right? It would be weird. The West Wing is Aaron Sorkin's dialogue, pretty much. And then Sorkin-like, even when he leaves, uh, you know, that quick sort of back and forth banter and, you know, very fast and, and erudite and all that kind of stuff. It would have been weird if, like, one episode was like that and then another one was like, we're in the White House! Ah! Like, <laughs> like, a very different yeah. tone to it. Doctor Who, of course, the dialogue is all over the place. But is, you know... I don't, what is there? Is there a preferred one? Because the classic, I would say, style of dialogue for what you would expect of Doctor Who, probably if someone said, hey, this is a sci-fi TV show about a guy who travels around a phone booth and fights monsters. Then you would, you know, if you'd never seen that before, you'd be like, okay, the dialogue is probably something like, stop there, darling, I'll stop you. And like, like that would be the well, sort of and, and I would say, and then mixed in with like some kind of Han Solo, like quips and stuff like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, that's just, okay. So, yeah, Doctor Who dialogue needs humor, uh, mm-hmm. right? Although I don't, I guess the Crusades is not particularly witty. I don't, I don't recall any. I mean, a lot. Well, like it's, it's not. You didn't get this in the, uh, in the audio clip, but Joanna was wearing those Groucho Marx glasses with the mustache oh, during that entire scene, oh, which was their way of saying, "Hey, there's a little wit in here." No, right? Wait, I'm well, just kidding, everybody. <laughs> that didn't, didn't actually happen. Mm. Well, I think I think the show itself can really vary. The Doctor has a couple of modes of dialogue that I think have stayed pretty consistent, at least through the new Who, and to some extent, in different ways, old Who. Or at least there's like a there's a variation on the same theme, which is as we talked about. He the things that always stay consistent with him are he's fundamentally pretty good, yeah. and he's very smart, mm-hmm. and he considers himself. I think funny. I know that's more or less than with some of the doctors, but, and so that results in a dialogue that I feel like there's two modes. There is the like light doctor mode of there's a, he's going in, he's in a rapid fire thing. His mind is moving very quickly. Yeah. Speed. I was going to say, that's the one, the distinction. His his mind is moving very quickly. And if depending upon who's he's talking with, it's kind of like a tennis match where he and the companion are having a His Girl Friday kind of a back and forth tete-a-tete and there's just like witty exchanges or it's with kind of a dumber member of the, a slower member of the, could be an ally or an enemy, but that he's sort of rapid fire pummeling with things mm-hmm. with uh, quips to confuse them sometimes and sometimes as a means of like doing something with the enemy. And sometimes, again, he's so smart that sometimes he is just confusing people or playing jokes on them just to kind of amuse himself as he's going along because he's one of those mm-hmm. people who just feels like I'm so smart so if, unless I do something like this I'm going to be so bored by this whole interaction <laughs> so yeah. I feel like that happens with all the doctors mm-hmm. and then you have doctor dramatic doctor of like the you know we're talking about the time war or something yeah. like that and we kind of the brooding, lighting changes yeah, and the camera doctor. shifts into an angle <laughs> and it's like it I've seen things white, that suddenly, you will yeah you know the horror so those always persist now within individual episodes i feel what's interesting is that the rest of the dialogue all and the companion uh again they could be the his girl friday yeah, or you know i don't know there's different things but then the companion often is changed more by the episode that they're in yeah. so and the and the the episode of the individual the individual episode has different modes of dialogue just because it's like, well, we're in, I mean, obviously like, Hey, we're in King Richard's England. We're in speak like that. Yeah. We're in the future, you know? So, or like, Oh, it's more of a military episode. So we're around a bunch of people kind of talking in short clipped sentences with lots of acronyms and stuff like that. So I think that's, what's interesting is that the dialogue does really shift based on the tone of the individual episode, which at least nominally is sort of trying there. You know, it is this anthology kind of a series like they're kind of shifting the genre a little bit each time. But then you have the doctor and when the doctor's talking to the companion, that kind of That's true. is this thread throughout. So it's kind of interesting. But <laughs> that's why it must be so much fun to write for, because it's this opportunity to really do different sorts of things throughout. And generally it's humorous, but there are some heavy episodes. Yeah. You know, Blink being one of the more famous ones. But it's like that was pretty heavy. Um, And then. Even some of the uns- there's unsuccessful ones that are coming to mind now, but there's some that have that like really, really heavy, like someone's in danger, someone's really hurt that like it's really more of a dramatic tone. So, uh, that's so really to be, I mean, I guess it would be jarring, I guess. So, so the comparison would be because you could say, and I don't know if I've got a more 
recent comparison, but I think it was the movie with Heath Ledger. Was it A Knight's Tale? Yes. That where they they spoke in modern. Yep. They just used modern English, right? And the soundtrack uh, and remember, is all modern songs. And yeah, and I remember people being reacting to that and being like, "Well, well that's weird." Like, uh, you know, um, so clearly people we have an expectation that, especially things set in certain times, are going to be are going to have a certain cadence or, or a certain style to the dialogue, right? That right. it would be weird if Richard was like, "Dude, Joanna, dude, just chill, babe." <laughs> right, right, like, <laughs> right, of course, yeah. So that would be odd. Uh, and so you know, there is this expectation, I guess. Uh, and then you get the very. I always think it's very interesting is that I love, you know, really classic sci-fi villain dialogue when you get into is no contractions, right? Like sort of this very stylized, like I will not, I, I would not do this. Yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. No. Yeah. Like it's a. Very... I ain't doing that, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so there is sort of. Uh, I mean, I guess there is a bit of a, a shorthand. It would be, you know what? Um, you know, I guess what I'm trying to do, uh, and I'm sure he's a big prober, is I want Aaron Sorkin to write <laughs> Doctor Who. Episode. I think that could fit though. <laughs> and Tommy Shlamy to direct, and we'll just have a nice See, little West. Because you mentioned West Aaron too. Sorkin, and I think the Doctor and his companion, like you could have Aaron Sorkin come in and just write some of their interactions and you wouldn't actually notice. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, that was good, but it wouldn't feel out of place. Now, if he wrote a whole episode, it would have to be a particular, I think, type of episode. Yeah. You know, that's true. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing I think is interesting is, is you do get the certainly one consistent thing of the nine Christopher Eccleston forward and probably a little bit of Paul McGann even is uh, is speed, right? The lines are delivered, but the doctor talks much faster, which is fine for me as a person who talks very fast. But it's, it's like, but it's interesting. I wonder too, is that also just a development like certainly we know visual style right how tv shows are directed and like you know we've talked about this in the past right that you know it used to be if someone drove somewhere that they would you see them drive the car to the driveway and then they get out of the car and they close the door and then they'd walk up to the door and they'd open <laughs> right. the door, and you have to see all that and now they just cut from like the place of the person coming in the door or whatever but i was wondering is i'm i'm sure dialogue has changed in the same i'm sure early and probably some of doctor who's earliest dialogue was probably influenced by radio dialogue which had to be which i'm sure was a very different uh yeah. style right i mean and it had to be a lot more verbose you probably you know you probably acted with your obviously you acted with your voice if you were if you're very good with facial expressions on the radio it probably wasn't doing much <laughs> for anybody so then probably yes they probably said a lot more and then it had to develop over time but then i wonder if it was also I, I would think radio dialogue would have to be a bit slower because maybe you don't it's harder to pay attention uh, and then also maybe a bit uh, a bit repetitive. I, I don't know. I see when I listen to well, I'm curious, you listen to these stories, right? Was it easier to pay attention or did you have trouble following them? Like audio, I have to focus on if I'm trying to do something else, I can often drift uh, away. Yeah, can be difficult. I, you know, spoiler alert, I also listen to next episodes classic with the in the same way through through an audio with the narration and i found it harder to pay attention to that one so there was there was a difference there where the quality of this episode i paid attention more you're right it is a challenge because i wasn't just like i wasn't sitting in a dark room with a cup of tea staring into <laughs> listening to it in a lotus so, position with just a, you know, like, the so, watch over you Yes, it, it, it's just a challenge just because your other senses are still engaged when that's happening. But like I've I've definitely had episodes where the video's on and like I'm kind of I start wandering and doing other things while mm. um, we're doing that. Basically, all who episodes, all who stories should be watched on the big screen in a theater where your attention is commanded yes. and, you know, there's no other distractions. You absorb it all or, it or the case. watch it 25 times. That's right. The, the other thing I wanted to mention, this is sort of dialogue and sort of stylistic, but and I don't know that there's lots of shows that are necessarily like this, but given the nature of the show and that it is across time. Good. They do don't... Good. You've got it. <laughs> <laughs> it took 89 episodes. <laughs> the dialogue is not grounded in this. The show literally takes place over 60 years, mm. but the dialogue does not. It does not date. It does not. There's no references to current day. That's true. Other there's been or rarely, right? They mentioned the Beatles in that one episode, and yeah. I think there was a couple of, and maybe a new who. If there are references to modern day things, they're more like Easter eggs or background things. They're not real. Yeah, strong. It's rare. 
And as a result, like you can watch these old episodes because they're not they're not talking in such a way that you're like, I can't figure out what's going on. Because, yes, that person was from the 1970s. In some cases, not always like Jamie was from (laughs) the Scottish Highlands, you know, whatever, from uh, hundreds of years ago. But like the companion isn't talking in some jargon that feels old. It's like, no, they're from all over the place. They're often not from the time that they're in They're You know, so I think that is interesting and um again there are probably stuff that would get edited out of the dialogue where they'd say like no this is a this is a metaphor not a metaphor this is a, an idiom that the doctor wouldn't know like or, right. or the doctor might know it but why would this be part of his speech you know yeah like. yeah that's true yeah that's, that's a good point yeah you have to be with idiomatic language like english you have to be very careful that yeah you have an alien and it's going to be like oh if they make a reference it's like the um like the doctor should use idiom idioms like the uh what are the what's the famous star trek episode where he's trapped on the planet with the guy who, to try to learn how he's like shaka when the walls fell and like all that like there's a star trek where he only speaks in uh allusions to things oh. that they've never heard of what these illusions are like yes the doctor should be like that thing is as fast as a spiel snape and then like, what? <laughs> all right do you think John aaron sorkin's he's, he's gonna think he's gonna listen to that and be like all right do you think you would ever do right a, a, I, don't a, I don't know i don't know what, well he's he directs now he does movies and, and play back back to his plays also the doctor uh, as far as we know doesn't have a father that he can have some sort of problem with that's true yeah you call does the doctor, call go through, Sorkin. does the doctor go through any substance abuse issues because that's also a common <laughs> in therapy as therapy yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well look john there are 300 doctor who television stories we have ranked 176 of them we're yeah. gonna add a couple more boom i will start please do i'm still feeling like shaky about the peter capaldi era mm-hmm. to be honest like mm-hmm. It's fine, but like, and I like him. Honestly, I have to say, I'm not crazy about Clara. Like, I, I, I feel like this, it's just, I, I don't get what her deal is. Like, <laughs> just, uh, you know, so I'm interested to see how that continues to be fleshed yeah. out over the coming episodes. But I, I, I that, that's all to say, I ranked, oh, I was about to tell you where I ranked an unearthly child, which is uh, <laughs> not really relevant to what we're talking Didn't about. you rank that at the very beginning? Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I'm okay. glad to know you've done it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I short-circuited to episode one instead of 89. <laughs> Robot of Sherwood, I ranked 65. Okay, so <laughs> that's okay. where I ranked it. Okay, everybody. <laughs> about a third. Very happy. <laughs> about a third of the way down, and see, I ranked it. 61? 65. 65, okay. I ranked it right around turn left. I I, I feel like it's a pretty good New Who yeah. episode. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. great. And I guess that's what I'm saying is my worry is we've now three in and like, that's kind of my feeling about all these. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. but none of them are like, oh God, this is, you know, not, and, and I don't mean the episode because what we had is we had several Matt Smith episodes and I think some David Tennant ones too, where the episode wasn't even that great, but we're like, gosh, they're so good. Like I'm just yeah. ranking this high just because these performances are so fun and so compelling. And like, I'm just not getting that. They're really good, but it's not near the, the heights. Mm-hmm. The, the really good levels and again as we've discussed before you can say like well it's just a few episodes in it's like that's true but matt smith came in right out of the gate again. i think and part of this I'm, i keep saying this about peter capaldi and uh, uh i'm sorry what's the actress what's clara jenna there? coleman jenna coleman jenna coleman but actually i think it has more to do with i don't think stephen moffat's like firing on all cylinders right now and i think when he he started in the matt smith era and it was like here's all the ideas I have for Doctor Who and they're ready. It's like that first album of a band yeah. where it's like, here's everything and I just have such clear I've been, ideas. Well, I've been wanting to write the show since I was a child. Right. Uh, <laughs> and now it, it feels much more like I'm trying, this is a new thing. I have a new kind of puzzle to solve. I'm trying to this, but it's not as effortless and just amazing as maybe it was at the beginning. So 65, the classic episode, The Crusade, I, I will just say, and, and we talked about this, I did enjoy listening to an audio but I think this would probably be ranked higher if I mm. actually saw the video. So I did. I had it ranked higher than the new Who, which mm-hmm. is rare for me. I usually don't rank it higher. But I have it ranked 52. All right. Mm-hmm. And I decided to put it 
as we mentioned, John and I were mentioning before the podcast, I end up putting it right next to other things that like, oh yeah, that's in somewhere. <laughs> but I actually put it next to a bunch of new Who episodes. I put it just above last week's Into the Dalek mm. and just below the Cold War. I can't, I mean, it's really hard to rank something above like a submarine Cold War episode. Say, Come yeah, on. Man. Yeah, but I yeah, I thought it was really good. And I think I think I would put it up there more with like the Aztecs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which I have 20, I think, if I could have seen it. Yeah, I, I think I would have liked it more. The plot wasn't great, but that's OK with me. I really just like the performances. The performances were great. But yeah, probably would have hit harder had it been video. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, well, we're kind of in agreement on um, uh, on these. Um, so, Robert, I'm sure what I actually have at number 60. So very close to where very you close. Uh, I agree. I think it's a, it's a, well, it's a bit of a, it's not really advancing any storyline, uh, right? It's very, it's a puff piece, right? It's, it's sort of witty and funny. They go back in time. It's got this trying to have this underlying theme about myths and legends and the doctor and stuff like that. Um, I think you're right. I think again, Clara is, we're still, so she was the impossible girl. Now she's generic right. companion, uh, who is with the doctor, but we don't, and we, she's a teacher now, I guess we, that's the thing, which we don't really get a ton she was a nanny. <laughs> she was a nanny. She's involved with children on some level and not in a creepy oh, way. <laughs> oh, by the way, she's threaded throughout yeah. <laughs> all doctors in all time and have saved, saved the universe. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean... I'm trying to. Com- I don't really know that we can come up with a comparable social situation. Like I've never run into someone at a cocktail party who I know who's threaded through my entire history. <laughs> <laughs> I have to save my life any multiple of times. So I don't. know. Do you bring that up? Do you not bring that? I don't know what you do there. But right. so, like clearly, it's kind of like okay, reset on her character. She's a new character, but we don't really know that. Again, we don't know much about her, or, or you know, she doesn't seem to have a ton of strong character traits. Uh, she's enjoyable. I, I like watching her. Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe I wonder if maybe at the time they were watching it then it was like it was like refreshing to not have char- a character who had a whole bunch of complexes and was in love with the doctor and was do- like maybe she was just like, oh, she's just kind of having fun. Well, but there. that reminds me more of like Donna. Yeah. Um, but which I thought was more successful. I mean, totally different vibe, obviously. Yeah. But and, and Donna had like a, a thing, a thrust to her character. And I just don't find this yet with with. Jenna Coleman. I, yeah. I, well, I she's good. I really enjoy watching her. It's just I, that's why I feel like it's almost a writing thing. It's it's like yeah. I don't I'm not sure she's being given something that's a real well, defined we're, we're thing. We're about to get there, I think. Uh, we'll start on okay. a, a new run with her in the next episode. Uh but yeah, so but but a fun episode, funny. I like I love the banter between the Doctor and Robin Hood. Uh and so that was a lot of fun. So yeah, number 60 for me. The Crusade um uh high up for me. Um, because I, I do like the, so a, I watched two episodes on videos. Obviously I have 50% more video, uh, than you have because it's on, it's on the new DVD, by the way. Uh, yeah. Maybe that would have helped. Speaking, I, of, I, I, speaking of giving I, money back to the BBC, that was another Blu-ray that I bought and to replace the, the eight DVDs that I'd already bought. <laughs> um, so, so yes, uh, this was a, uh, I, I was able to see Telesnaps and, um, but actually I'd listened to it on audio and I, and the book is very good too. David Whitaker wrote the novelization, strong performances, strong characters, just very rich, you know, I like I like the Shakespearean sort of dialogue to it. Uh, that scene between between Joanna and Richard is is sort of exemplary of, of a lot of the stuff in there. Uh, so for me, it's at number number twenty two. Wow, a little bit, yeah, it's up there. Um, because uh, I, well, I I have a soft spot for the historicals, uh, and yeah. some of them don't always work. But this one, you know, to me, this is close to the Aztecs, although. Uh, not maybe it doesn't have quite as much as uh, sort of that interesting complex dilemma. I mean, this is this is just an adventure. Like just get Barbara back is basically the story. I mean that that is actually the whole storyline. Just get Barbara back somehow. And you have it ranked way, all this for the new Doctor historicals. You have it ranked right under Vincent and the, and the Doctor. Yeah, exactly. I, and again, I think Vincent and the Doctor again really strong story performances, characters, dialogue, um, but a little bit richer in the sense of like there's obviously some deeper theme going on than let's yeah. just get Vincent back right if he was missing. <laughs> let's take a look at the doctor who magazine rankings here uh how does how do we how do we fare uh comparatively uh for a robot of sherwood not a popular one number 29 of 35 which i don't know if that says as much about robot of sherwood as it does about the other stories this is the first time they'd ever ranked the peter capaldi one so it's not uh we're not sure if you know if it will go up or down or where it is but that's that's where it comes out so pretty much in the bottom bottom wow uh, quarter uh of them so not not one of the most beloved although again i think nothing to actively dislike i think just more of not particularly noteworthy for 
uh what do we just oh the crusade for the crusade uh it is number 13 of 29 so just sitting firmly in the middle it has uh, it's dropped a little bit it used to be number nine and 98 but uh has dropped a, a few space uh but uh right around the chase and the rest well you haven't seen any of these yet <clears throat> it's right around nothing that you've seen before <laughs> well <laughs> no more reference. you know more importantly we should see how the not the mind probe supercomputer combines yeah. our rankings well, i was stalling to give it time to calculate <laughs> yes we need some cycles <laughs> it's, wheels it's, spinning the server mind. room <laughs> is pretty hot yeah as you know there's extreme heat in a lot of parts of the country right now the server room uh, for no not the mind probe <laughs> ranking is is pretty up there but the crusade checking in much closer to your ranking it ends up at 28 so okay. we're in the top 30 Solid. Uh, right Solid. next to the snowman, right above Planet of the Daleks, mm-hmm. and Robot of Sherwood, uh, fifty-four. Okay. Which right next to the Rings of Akatan, which I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Like that yeah. seems Rings of Akatan, School Reunion, the Three Doctors, mm-hmm. the Time Warrior, Smith and Jones. Uh, that's pretty similar. I also wanted to point out that my feeling right now of where I've ranked the Twelfth mm. Doctor currently fits within the composite rankings for. The ninth, tenth, eleventh Doctor, which is a little better than Christopher Eccleston, little worse than David Tennant, mm-hmm. and not close to Matt Smith, who I have ranked mm-hmm. as like my kind of top doc here. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. You mm-hmm. currently have the twelfth Doctor ranked number one with a bullet of all Doctors wow. <laughs> based on three episodes. So I just <laughs> wanted to point that out to you. Well, all right. I, you know, I think you will. Uh, well, Capaldi will grow on you. You'll Capaldi grow. Yeah, grow. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, it does not come out of the gate quite as fast as Matt Smith, but uh, but uh, comes in hot. Come comes in hot at the end there. Well, you can go to mindprobe.show and you can see these rankings. I just updated them. And uh, you can see our rankings. You can see John and mine's individually as well as the combined rankings. You can link to all the episodes. And I've, uh, by the way, I don't know if you've noticed, I don't know if you've checked out mindprobe.show recently, but I've started tagging the doctors and the companions and all the shows. So you can click on those and you can see all the clear ones. It's not complete. Okay. Certainly not for the old. Uh, the doctor's part of it is complete, but the companions is not. Is, is a lot of companions to get there. Yeah, but yeah, we we'll so start to collect those. So if you want to, you know, look, listen to the episodes of a particular companion or doctor, you should be able to do that. You can well, when people email. start to when they re-listen. So obviously, people are going to go through. It's just like Doctor Who. People are going to go through this once, and then they're going to start re-listening out of order. Right. And, yeah, and then and, you know, after you hear like, four or five times of mind probe, I want to listen to all the six Doctor podcasts in order, and yeah. how did Porter react to them in order, even though he didn't listen to them in order? <laughs> and I yeah. think that'll be interesting. Ooh, yeah. What else? So you can email us, porter at mindprobe.show, john at mindprobe.show. On the website, you can subscribe. Uh, go mm-hmm. to YouTube and subscribe. You can see videos, all these. Say hi, John. Videos. Hi, 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 we're on the videos. Um, you can subscribe. We'd love to subscribe. Give us a like on YouTube. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes. We'd love all that. We'd we'd absolutely love it. But do most it. importantly, just listen to the show and please do send it to uh, friends you think would be interested. We'd love to have more people listening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we picked up another fan in, like a few weeks ago. Like we're we're really skyrocketing at this point. Break through a dozen <laughs> in no time, and then the sky's the limit. Well, plus we're only uh, we're only ten episodes out from our hundred, which means then we're in syndication. Uh, which is <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Once you hit a wow. hundred eps, and then we just sit back and let the let the residuals roll. In. Where do you think they're going to slot us? And do you think put us in instead of inside edition like that kind of a that, that I was area? hoping lifetime I hope we get like a lifetime oh, morning slot or something like that because it, but you need to be like abused or something or something like that. some sort of a, a or secretly your neighbor needs to be murdered and you aren't right, sure if right, their right, husband right. did it or not but we All can right. we can we lifetime Call, call us. We can <laughs> we can work it out. <laughs> Whatever you need. John, what do we have in store for next episode? Next episode. All right. Um, we are moving on in the Peter Capaldi, Jenny Coleman years here to a very different uh, episode. This is Listen by Stephen Moffat, which ooh, is... Wow. Yeah. No secret. That's... There we go. It's basically just that Beatles song. Yeah, just we were just talking about the Beatles, so they're still relevant. Still relevant. Uh, yes. Yeah, so listen, um, and so you know, as, as I've said in the past, sometimes the connections on these stories are hard to figure out. Uh, and <laughs> listen, <coughs> excuse me, listen uh, is definitely one. 
there's been very few stories like it uh, in the pantheon of Doctor Who. Um, so the tenuous link uh, is that uh, uh, you meet Danny Pink, uh, the present day Danny Pink, uh-huh. and then you meet a future offspring of Danny Pink, Orson Pink, right in the story. So I need yep. another story where that something like that happened. So I lit upon the massacre, which pretty much is not like listen at all. <laughs> but uh, it is the massacre or the massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve, I think is the full title. It is a first doctor uh, and Stephen story. And at the very end, we meet a Dodo Chaplet, uh, who is apparently a very distant offspring of a character that we met uh, earlier in the massacre. So that is your link. There's otherwise, your link. Yes. Come on. Really happy. <laughs> so, uh, and yes, because otherwise, if you were pairing these stories, you're like, oh, I don't have a theme night. This, These two would be probably very jarring, uh, I would say, <laughs> listen to together. Uh, yes. So the massacre. And this is, uh, as, as Porter has mentioned, this is all audio. Like if you need pictures, you're out of luck. This one is <laughs> audio, and it has 90 million characters, many of them who sound exactly the same. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is exciting. We can't wait to listen to that next week. I think. No. no. Oh, by mm-hmm. the way, you know, Mrs. Probe worked for Inside Edition years ago. Oh, really? Did she yeah. get yelled at by Bill O'Reilly? Is she the one there? He's yelling at. This is do it live. There, oh, she was there during the Deborah Norville years, which actually continued. By the way, that show's still going strong because it's just like Doctor Who. Like I remember the episode <laughs> where Bill O'Reilly regenerated into Deborah Norville at the desk. It was she crazy. said they would push really hard during story development to include one animal story always. So like if a deer like ran into a bar, that was like <laughs> we did it, people. <laughs> All right, mind probe. Show.